0: Welcome to the Building Heroes podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hey everyone, welcome to the Building Heroes podcast, and today I'm excited to introduce you to Renea Fairchild, and I'm excited to hear about this What she does and and her topic today, because this is something that can get homeschoolers riled up a bit, right. (laughs) (laughs) So let me tell you a little bit more about her. Renea is an educator homeschooler of two lovely boys and the mom behind what works homeschool and she's a lifelong learner and a teacher. She is an educator who used to work in public schools and coached pre-service teachers before launching her business of What Works Homeschool.
1: So welcome, Brenea. so glad you're here. Thank you. thank you, thank you so much for having me. Um, hello, community, it's so great to be here. I love just being able to chat with other homeschoolers. Um, so I know, Molly, you said, let me start off just sharing a little bit about my story. Um, like you said, like I love to call myself a lifelong learner and a forever educator, right? Cause my passion really is learning, learning about education, learning how um, learners learn and then encouraging other teachers um, in that vein with, with the things that I'm able to learn. So um, homeschooling has always been in my heart. Um, so I had community that homeschooled, mentors that I was really impacted by. Um, and then just as I learned more about the school system through my formal training as an educator, I just thought individualized education is the way. Um, and I know you can appreciate that Molly, right? Cause you talk oh, about yeah. how we're, our children are on their own journeys, right? And we're alongside with them. Um, and so part of the work that I actually did in schools was that I coached teachers on evidence-based ways to help struggling learners. So we partnered with urban school districts where students were struggling um, and they'd say these students need extra help and we go and create an individualized learning plan. And it was crazy because over the span of like a month, that child would see almost like a year's worth of academic growth in math and English. We had crazy results and they were like, how are you doing this? And I said, we're meeting them where they are and then we're taking them step by step, which so often doesn't happen in right, a larger setting and a larger classroom. So with those experiences I was like I know this is what I want my children to have and so homeschooling really allows us to do that and so then as I entered into this homeschooling space I saw lots of us homeschoolers had that same desire but sometimes it was difficult for us to figure out what those step-by-step things would be and then that's we look for resources right so we learn about the hero's journey and we say oh great like this is how it looks in our children's lives to come alongside as a guide and other tools Um, and that's what really led me to launch What Works Homeschool to provide ways for families to kind of like wade through that sea of resources all of the homeschool pins this that post and say these are the things that are really proven to work both in experience from veteran homeschool moms but also from the educational expertise and kind of living at that intersection of what does research tell us and how can we really apply that to our homeschools
0: yeah wow that is awesome i really love that you're creating these individual learning plans and they're like, well, how, well, how's this working? And then he said, because we're meeting them where they are. And then right. we are making an individual plan for them, which makes so much sense. And you're right. In, in most classrooms, that's difficult to do because there's one teacher and 30 or 35 of them. And how is she supposed to do that? She can't. And so that is a beautiful, beautiful advantage of homeschooling um, when we do that. So um, your business, it's what works homeschool. In your business, you do something that can cause anxiety in kids and moms alike. Tell us a little bit more about how you meet them,
1: where they are, and and what you do. For sure. Okay, so one of our primary services is known as homeschool benchmark testing. Homeschool benchmark testing. And you're right. Sometimes I say that, and there's like an audible... (gasps) gasp right in the room like you do what homeschoolers don't test and you know the first things I always like to tell moms is like you know you can call it what you like but you are assessing your child all the time right when you are adding in the kitchen doing fractions and you say oh if we had one third of this and one fourth what is that and you realize they weren't able to you know create like denominators you're making a mental note and you're saying oh we need to review that right so as homeschoolers we are always assessing in some form because that's just what good education is. It's getting that feedback from our children, making observations and then saying, okay, what's the next step, right? So once moms, you know, take a deep breath and say, yeah, you're right, I am doing it all the time. Then we can start talking about how we remember that our assessments are really a tool to be able to empower us and encourage us. So to be totally honest, the way that testing is normally done is not really that great. Right. It's high stakes. It's lots of stress. You know, it's timed. Uh, you know, and your kid is just kind of given a grade and compared to everyone, and you don't know what to do with that information. So homeschool benchmark testing is different. Um, it's really unique um, because it's not like that. It's untimed. It's low stress, and the results give you step by step explanation um, of what your child should be working on next. Um, and actually, I thought about this. This was born because I am certified in sixth to twelfth grade. I'm a certified teacher for both history and Spanish. And when I started homeschooling, I was like, you know. I'm a teacher, I don't know how to do this. I didn't know how to teach kindergarten. I knew that for sure. You know, what's a kindergartner supposed to be able to do? Then you realize curriculum A says this, curriculum B says this, this says this. How do I know, right? How I want my, how my child should be progressing or where they need more support. And then it clicked. You used to test like this in the school. So, the same exact um, testing software we were able to use when creating those individualized learning plans, I was able to connect with them and say, hey, I want to make this available to homeschoolers. And that's how homeschool benchmark testing was born. And so, the fact that it is um, untimed, low stress, you can pause, you can come back at any time during the testing window. It's just such a breath of fresh air for homeschoolers. And, homeschoolers have also found that it really makes it kind of a nice transition into the testing world because it's not this sit down you can't move for an hour and a half and you've got to get every answer right sort of test so there's some other mechanics we could talk about and I would love to share that over our time together but the the larger picture is that it's here and it's able to kind of bring, be that guide for us as we are guiding our children on the side hey we are journeying alongside with our children and how can we go ahead and know exactly what they're ready to work on um, so that's how testing I feel like fits into the homeschool picture.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I know I've probably said this before is like we don't test. I don't like testing, you know. Right. And and mostly because the the whole idea behind testing if, if you know you're going to take a test, we we're, we're learning it for only for the test mm-hmm. and then we forget it all, right? right? But but I like the way you're presenting this idea of benchmark testing is like, well, what do they know? What do they need to work on? And it's kind of like um, working on your budget, like if yeah. you don't know your your
1: numbers, then you're probably going to do just whatever, right? Yes, exactly. That's a great <laughs> analogy. You know, another analogy I love to use, I love that the budget analogy is one for the kitchen. I say it's kind of like test tasting, right? You don't, you normally don't, don't cook a whole meal without tasting it, right? You cook some and you say, oh, let me see. And if it's bland, you don't go blah, terrible, I'm so mad i am tasted it. You say, oh, I'm gonna add some salt. Or if it's salty, you say, oh, I'm gonna add some water, right, to go ahead and balance it, to make sure that it's on the journey that you want it to be on. Um, and when we think again about, like like you talk about, Molly, like this, the fact that we're not trying to fit them onto our journey, but we're helping them to try to take the next best step in their journey, it kind of even frees us from the curriculas pre-described our child should next be ready for this, right, because the curriculum might say, hey, your child is you know go into you know this next section of fractions but if you get something that says hey your child can add fractions when they're like denominators but they cannot do it when it's unlike denominators or they can't do it when the denominator is three and four then you're like i know exactly where to focus and i don't have to do all 50 of Rebecca's practice problems because i know which type of <laughs> practice problems we need to work on right it kind of just gives us that information um, yeah and and one of my favorite quotes when I was back in uh, education school, um, they said, our goal as a teacher uh, is not to be the sage on the stage, but the guide on the side, right? We don't wanna be the sage on the stage, telling them what to do, but the guide on the side. And I feel like that fits in so perfectly here at The Hero's Journey, because when you realize you're a guide on the side, you're like, yeah, let me have a manual, that works. Let's move alongside, then you're like, hey, I want you to know what you need to work on next. So key example, my son, he's about to move up from kindergarten to first grade, and we've done our benchmark testing. And I said, oh, look at these skills. You're ready to work on to get ready for first grade. We've created a whole theme around it. We're gonna do a detective theme. He's gonna become the great kindergarten detective so that he's ready to promote to first grade. And so now, instead of just doing a summer packet, which it would be fine, right? I'm able to say, oh, great, he really needs to work on these capitalizing of letters oh he really needs to work on these specific types of numbers and i'm able to focus and so i just feel like it frees up my time my energy he's working on things he's more motivated because he actually needs to learn them (laughs) like you know there are things he actually needs to work on so there's a lot of joy in kind of having that that guide for us as the guys on the side
0: well and i think sometimes to use um I I like how you're describing how you're using the testing here is to see what they could be learning next. Mm -hmm. But, but at the same time, I think what happens a lot of times with testings, it stresses moms out because they feel like their kids aren't performing. So they're behind or, or they're way ahead. And then moms feel really prideful about it, which which then the kid has to live up to that, you know? (laughs) And, and so you're, you're just saying use benchmark testing just to see where they
1: are, you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, framing is such a big part of it, just like you said, right? Because if we're really down, like sometimes in moms, you know, sometimes we get emails in the middle of testing sessions, oh, she's so stressed. And I could hear it in the email that mom herself feels anxiety. And I love to tell parents, I'm like, I know that you're raising children who can do hard things. So give her a hug and say, you can do hard things, right? And you can persevere through this. Because one thing about the test is that it's adaptable. So it gets harder with each question the child gets right and a little bit easier with each question the child gets wrong. So you can pinpoint exactly where they are. So children will be feeling like they're kind of getting a little mental workout in, which is good why they can take a break anytime, come back anytime. And that's why it's really up to us to say like, yeah, we can do hard things. And this does not define us. This is simply for us to say, hmm, are we on the are you on the journey? on the road, on the step in this journey that we would like you to be on? Are you kind of making step progress down the path? So whether that's no, you want your student, your child, that they're interested in going to college or an apprenticeship or starting their own business, you know they're gonna need to have those basic math skills, right? Those basically pre-algebra and algebra one skills. So for you to be able to look and say, oh wow, there are a few gaps here. That's to be assumed. Everybody has gaps in different places. Which ones are we gonna focus on? Just kind of having that information is so empowering.
0: Yeah. I, I like that. How are you, you say, you know, it's how we frame it. You know, mm-hmm. this, this isn't a measure of how, what you don't know. Or, well, I mean, I guess it, it kind of is, but it's not a measure of who you are. It's just like, there's always more to learn out there. Let's see what you can learn next, you know, and, because we love learning in our house. Right. Exactly. And, and, and I do, you know, I always talk about going on the hero's journey, let your kids go on their, their, um, their own journeys, not the ones that we prescribe for them, but there really are foundational things that would be good for them to know to make their journey a little easier for them. You know, so it's not like we're trying to push them down that path, but as their guide, we're saying, hey, I've I've been down a similar road. Yours is probably a little different than mine, but I do know that if you know how to read and write and do math, it's (laughs) gonna make it a little easier for you in your life. And that they can choose into that and they can choose into, um, you know, learning what's next for them if they see that gap. So that is where we do have to be careful, though, because I I think sometimes our kids do attach their self-worth to that rating. And so, you know, that's what I love about framing this is like, oh, look at all the things you do now and look at all the things that you can learn, you know, right. instead of, oh my gosh, we're way behind. I am so stressed. My daughter is not reading at a second grade level
1: yep. or, or whatever, you know, don't wanna yep. go there. Exactly, yeah, I really like what you said that like the test is not an evaluation of who you are. I said to every mama, like you are a good mom, you are a good homeschooler and there are spaces in which you could do more like we can all do more and that's fine. That makes us human and that makes us say, okay, great. This is a space. I knew this. Let me go ahead and I'm going to focus on this. Or I had no idea. Right. I've gotten right. I'm a teacher. So sometimes I get this. I'm like, no, no, this isn't right. I know he knows how to do this. And then I go and I sit down. I'm like, wow, he really didn't know how to do that. I don't know how I missed that. Right. Like we're human. And so just being living into that. Yes, I am enough. I am a good enough mama. My love is enough and is able to do much more than so many other other people, right? A, a person my child didn't know, and even still, I am open to getting the support that I need to, and knowing that, like you said, this could help lay a really solid foundation. These basic skills helps lay a solid foundation uh, for my children and for the things they um, need to work on. So, um, I just, I just love, I love that framing.
0: Yeah, I, I was thinking about this. I've, I've homeschooled for twenty one years now, so. and. <laughs> What I've learned is, well, quite a few things, actually, but (laughs) (laughs) is that, you know, sometimes when we look at the standards, we have the common core standards out there. Mm -hmm. Those can really, really stress us out if our kids aren't measuring up. Right. Um, And it can stress the kids out, too, because they can start feeling like they're dumb. But I've discovered that really kids just need to go at the pace that they're ready for. Mm -hmm for. There's that whole willing component too. And so that's why I like this idea of helping them along with the benchmark testing and framing it in that way, because then we can find out what they're ready for, and then they can decide what they're willing for.
1: Yeah, I love that. You know, the idea that, so I want to talk a little bit about the results, because I think this part is important, which is the way that it works is that it places your child on a learning continuum. So you're not going to get something that says, oh, they're a third grader or, oh, they're a fourth grader, right? It's going to say one, it's like a scale of like, I don't know, 100 to 350. This is their number. And these are like the skills that they're ready to learn at this number, right? So that's really where the focus is. So you do get one small piece of it is saying, okay, compared to peers, their age, they're in the 70th percentile or the 80th percentile or the 50th percentile, right? They'll give you that percentile. Um, but the piece that really is like the chunk of the report. Um, so three tests are included in um, a reading test, a language test for second grade and up, um, and then a math test. So re- language is like writing, mechanics, reading, you know, as you're at the rest of ELA and then math. Um, and it covers uh, K through 12. And so for each of those reports, yes, you get those percentiles, but the bulk of the report are these learning statements. And there is detail upon detail. You look at the math report, it's divided into numbers and operations and algebraic um, concepts and then geometry. And then within that, it's like, hey, what in number and operations are they ready to work on? What in algebraic concepts? Are they ready to work on? And then really gives you those things that they're ready to work on and to have reinforced. And so honestly, I tell parents like, you know, You want to keep your child in this frame of being growth-minded, that they can do hard things, they can receive feedback and take that next step, right? Because that's a life skill, right? We want to be able to receive feedback and say, hey, let me work on this, right? And with academics, because of all of the negative things that are around it and how it's typically done, we sometimes like cringe at that idea, but it's good to be able to get feedback and saying, wow, you are a great storyteller, but there are ways in which your mechanics makes it hard for the clarity and the beauty of your story to come through. needs to be worked on. How can we do that, right? So we want our children to be able to experience um, good, to be able to respond to good feedback so that their gifts can really be experienced by the world around them, right? Can be shared with others around them. And so in that way, you can totally reflect reflect really just on those learning statements when you get that report. Um, You don't even have to say, hey, you're in the 70th, 30th, 50th person. You don't have to say any of that right? You can have that for yourself. You can have it if your state say requires, you know, that kind of thing for you to turn in. But what you really care about are those learning statements that say, hey, this says you're ready to work on this. What do you think about that? And like you said, getting that willingness and getting them ready to buy in. Yeah. Instead of going,
0: oh my gosh, you're on second grade math and you're in sixth grade. We have messed up.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) And I like how you say that it's really a learning continuum. Mm -hmm. because it's, it's what you said at the beginning too. It's helping the meet them where they are. Right. And and then you can measure and and see where they are. And, you know, just like a budget too, if you are avoiding looking at the budget, it's going to be a little more hard to know how to spend your money and what to do Mm -hmm. next. If if you're, um, if you don't know what your numbers are, in your budget, it's going to be hard to make good buying and, well, buying decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I kind of see that this the same way here with your kids. So, but you have to talk about your budget nicely too. If you start yeah. talking about your budget more nicely, you're going to be more willing to look at it.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. I love that. And the fact is, I like how you said it informs our decisions because to be honest, like as homeschoolers, we have so much on our plates. Right. And so for me to know, okay, this week we had a family emergency or I know this time, maybe, maybe someone's having a baby. Like, you know, I'm going to, I'm, my schedule is going to need to shift to change. Where should I really focus my attention? Um, and it helps us to know that. Um, and I just feel like that is what's really empowering to say because sometimes we find ourselves getting really focused on one area like hey we read every day and then you realize your math has a ton of tempered back some or you're really focusing on math and you're reading his tempered back some. And so yeah, it just kind of helps us to keep that temperature keep that checking in say okay this is, this is where we are and these are kind of the next steps. We can take in a way that is not traumatizing to just be totally honest, right? Many of us are traumatized by testing. And so for me, it was really important that this was gonna be a testing experience that was positive and that really framed positively what it, what, it, what it is to get feedback, right? So the fact that it's untimed, that you can pause and return at any time, you can come during one day in a testing window and finish the test on another day. Like all of those things just really adds a breath of kind of fresh air uh, to the testing experience and really makes it convenient for us homeschoolers who like, oh, okay, I have an eight hour window several days this week. For my children to complete these tests that are only 45 minutes each, great, we can find a time to do that. Um, And there's a live proctor on this on our our end, you know, to make sure um, that you're being supported if you have any questions, et cetera. Um, So really design in a way that is kind of redemptive in the experience. Um, So like you can get the information that you need, which is, hey, what is is my child? Where are they? What are they ready to do next? Um, And it not come at the sacrifice of your child's uh, educational experience.
0: Yeah and I like how you're saying it's just information and and information only has the meaning that we attach to it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so we we you know if we use the information to help our kids make progress great. If we use the information to beat ourselves up or to to you know get on our kids not so great. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, you know I really actually did not know this was a thing until I yes. started hearing about this from a mutual friend. And I was like, huh, I have been pretty anti-testing, but I can't see the value of having this periodically. Now for some kids, they may not, have, I, I can think of some of my own that probably would not prefer to do benchmark testing and I probably yeah. wouldn't make them, but I have others who would probably love it yeah. at the same time. And, and cause they want to know that sort of thing. And, you know, so I can see how this could really help just a wide variety of kids. And I can also see how it could help, especially when you start getting into middle school. Yeah. (laughs) And you start going, because I I often look at middle school. So we have elementary school, kids are having fun, they're learning stuff. But, you know, sometimes there are still gaps. But then for middle school, I kind of always see that as like the reinforcement time yes you know to really build up the build up the uh, the skills at that's that right. time <laughs> especially yeah it, that's right yeah so I could see you know this being a really helpful
1: tool especially when you start getting to those transition years yes exactly yeah Just to have that really strong foundation laid and things reinforced that need to be reinforced. I love how you said we, the meaning that we assign, like we assign meaning to information. Um, And so it's really our choice of what we choose to do with it. Um, I have families, you know, who are in states where testing is not required, I actually don't live in a state where testing is required at all, Um, but I do it because it really empowers me in my homeschooling journey, to be totally honest that I could say, hey, I need to know where to focus our time and our energy this summer. Um, How should we do it? And then knowing these are the things to work on. Um, One other thing I'll say it really does is, so motivation, you know, is an ongoing conversation, right? All of us, we go through periods where we're like, oh my goodness, it feels like these children don't wanna do anything, what should I do, right? How do I come alongside them in this space in their journey? How do I compel them to what to do? You know, something more. And I and I will say um, a lot of the parents that I've coached is a motivation, um, so I'll just say the motivation formula is um, expectancy times value, right? So this is like an educational framework. Um, expectancy times value. So if it's something they ex- the child expects that they can do, like do successfully, can they actually do it? And then value, is it meaningful for them? Like, you know, is it put into a context of what they care about, right? So, um, you know, for example, learning about percentages while learning about shopping, okay, that adds value to it, or it being a part of a larger project, right? So. Us homeschoolers, we're great at adding value, right? We can make things, apply it to life, make it engaging, make it exciting. Like we know our kids, we love our kids, we're able to really do that. But sometimes we struggle with the expectancy part because we're a little bit hazy on, oh, what skill exactly should I expect you to be working on at where you are in your educational journey? Like, what should I expect you to be working on? Like, I really don't know. Or this is what this textbook is telling me, but your response to the textbook is telling me something different. So what, what can I take from that? How can I be informed by that without having to go and buy two different other curriculas or going into a Facebook group and hoping that one mom's suggestion might pave the way, right? Is there something that can give me just a little bit more specificity? And often it's great. I, I'm able to do this benchmark testing. And then I realize, oh, these are the skills. And I just flipped to a different chapter in my textbook. And now you're at a level that's actually right where you are, just hard enough. I call it the Goldilocks zone, right? Um, not too hot, not too cold, not too hard, not too easy. And you're ready to take that next step. So it also can really help with motivational issues in homeschool.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And I think too, for some kids, it would just be motivational just to see what they can learn next. Oh, cool. You know, Yeah. Others, maybe not so much, but <laughs> yeah. um, yes, I like that. And I was thinking too, you know, when whenever you're you're learning something, or you're going for a goal. There, there typically needs to be an aspect of tracking your progress. Yes. If you have no way of tracking your progress, it's going to seem a little fuzzier to you too, and That's sometimes good. you don't see it either. So, I mean, like I said, a lot of times I've said we don't like tests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to benchmarks you right know? right benchmarks
1: are a different thing because we're using them in a different way exactly exactly you know I almost wanted to call this kind of like an academic check-in or, you know, some other language assessment. Um, I think a part of me is, can we reclaim the idea of testing? Because, you know, we can just assess, like just assess, get the feedback. It's not an evaluation that's different. We're not evaluating you or me. It's assessing where we are. Um, But I agree with you. It's this idea of benchmarking of where you are in the journey and how, what does your journey look like? Um, because it's we also can get hard on ourselves as homeschoolers feeling like oh we really didn't do much this year we really didn't learn anything and sometimes we totally overestimate ourselves right like I've definitely been in that space too and I'm like oh yeah like we learned so much or we did so much and I'm like oh and that unit you know, we did a lot of stuff and exploration, life exploration which is good but well, we really didn't work on the math skills that we, that, I, that we thought we'd cover. Okay, I need to be more intentional about that next time. Like both of those things happen. Um, so one fun thing is that when you register for homeschool benchmark testing is that it allows you to test three times per year. And sometimes parents are like, well, I'd never do that. That's a lot. And the reason that it does this, so, you know, I told you what works homeschool, that's the company. The reason um, I wanted to create it is because I love to bring merge uh, research, educational research with experience um, as homeschoolers. And so research shows that over about 10 to 12 weeks, that's about how long it takes to see growth. So if you test in September, by December, if you've worked on those skills, you should noticeably be able to see it when your child takes a similar type of assessment. So it's not the same thing. Again, I told you the test is adaptive. It responds to our children right there in the moment. Um, but you take one in September, you take one in December. And then that's kind of like, again, you're checking. It's you looking at your budget and saying, oh, okay, yep, we've been pretty good with our spending here. Or, oh man, we focus so much on math. I want us to focus a little bit more on reading. And then you're able to do it at the end of the year. And then you're really able to see like, wow, we are doing this thing. Like we are taking those steps forward, we are taking this feedback and acting on it. And that is really, really empowering. It's also helpful, right? Because life happens. And if somehow we end up taking the whole month of November or December off, then it kind of serves as a reset for us. Because if you take the test just in September, and this is some, some people you know, are like, well, I take the test once a year, but if you take the test once in September, And then not again, what your child needs to know in February won't be the same, you know, right? They've learned, they've grown. And so what you're ready to work on next should grow with your child. And so there is that option. You're not required to take it three times a year. Again, again, it's totally flexible for homeschoolers. Um, But there is that option so that you can say, okay, we're benchmarking throughout. A benchmark doesn't just happen once. It's this throughout.
0: And I would imagine, too, that you could use this even for child-led learning as well because you could just ask them what are you interested in learning next we could go here 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 or
1: yes. anything else really too you know yes um, i really love that you brought that out that's exactly right because then they actually you have a, a little bit more of a map um to, to go off of focused on academic skills, because often with child-led learning, we can focus on themes, which is, again, when I talked about that motivation formula, that's really focused on value, which is awesome. But then, within something that they want to do that's really intrinsically motivated to them, you want to make sure that you're matching them with the skills that are in their goldilocks zone that are just right for them. Like, you know, should you be writing a paper on this, or should you just be doing an oral presentation? Like, what what really are you ready for? That's going to help you grow and unlock the skills and explore more deeply the information you want to explore. So that's beautiful to say that. That's absolutely right. Yeah, love well that. All right. Well, I know you have to run,
0: but I would love for you to tell our listeners where they can find you and find out more about how to get benchmark testing for homeschoolers because, you know, I think that can really benefit, especially certain types of people really, really enjoy that type of um, of benchmarking, I guess,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, so yep. yeah, let us know. Yes, definitely happy to share. So, if you are like, "Hey, I'm I'm for it. I'm ready to sign up," you can check us out at homeschoolbenchmarktesting.com, homeschoolbenchmarktesting.com, and you can register right there. You can actually use the code HERO, um, very fitting for the community here, uh, for a percentage off. So, be sure to do that. Um, and you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram with What Works Homeschool. Um, so that's the again the company name. Just wanting to create resources that really are life giving and empowering. Um, for homeschooler that merge that experience with expertise. So homeschoolbenchmarktesting.com. Uh, and we're both on Instagram and Facebook with What Works Homeschool. Um, our next testing session, we have one in June, 2021. The last, I think three days in the last week of June, we have a testing session. And then uh, our next testing session after that is August, 2021. Um, so I invite families, this is a great time to find out where your little hero is, right? In their academic journey and to get the skills um, and to have that that information, so you know how to help them take those next steps. It's been so great joining you here, Molly. Thank you for All having right. me. Yeah, thank you so much.
0: Right. Thanks for listening to the Building Heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on Building Heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.